Okay, I'm back. Okay. So you're actually back this time. Yeah. As back as I'm gonna be. All right. Well, welcome everyone once again to the Dragoon's Lair podcast. I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon, and with me via satellite is Mike King Hamster Pellet himself. What is shaking, people? That's right. So we're back. Um, so it was an eventful holiday, I would say. Wouldn't was you? it though? Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, we had one of our largest episodes ever recently. Yes, that was that was rather rather big one. Oh yeah, you know, very confusing, very intricate, very. I don't want to do that many again, at least not in that space. Mm-hmm. Needs a little more prep time for something like that. Yeah, but no. So good responses for the show so far. Apparently, out of all of the polls because i post the poll for every single episode so if the, people go on spotify they can vote in the poll which most people aren't scrolling down but just scroll down and you'll find the poll and uh yeah so the last poll was who's gonna get you to go out to see more movies it was jimmy <laughs> doug or me and of course doug voted for me of course he did so, even though even though that schmuck said he's gonna take me to go see uh, the iron claw when it comes out yeah, right before Christmas, too. You know what? From what I've seen... You're going to do it. From, like, the trailers... From the trailers and from the, uh... Just, like, behind-the-scenes photos and everything. It looks like it's a good film. And I want to see it. Well, what was it? I think, um... One of the wrestling trainers on the production was Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, it was Chavo. And he was, like, he was getting... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Zach Efron to really fly off the top ropes, and he was like, "Yeah, he was." When I first told him to do it, he was scared. Yeah, but he actually jumped off the top rope. You know, he was actually doing the stuff. So, you know, I got to hand it to Zach Efron because if he's actually doing the stuff, then it's going to make it look more real, mm-hmm. and it's really going to add some real gravity to this one. So, yeah, it's going to be a movie that I think is going to pay real homage and tribute to the entire the, family. Yeah. The entire Von Erichs. Yeah. So the Von Erich family will hopefully be very proud of this movie. Yep. And I think Chavo should be pretty proud too. Cause you know, I mean, he's worked on other productions before behind the scenes. What was it? I think he helped out with heels. Yeah. I think he was a, um, Executive producer or uh, yeah. I know he coordinator I know, or something. I know when before they canceled due to COVID, Glow on Netflix, yeah. he was on there helping out. But they had some good wrestlers that actually popped up on there as well. Yes, they did. So it should be very interesting to see. And because it's coming out right before Christmas, I think, d- does this count as a Christmas movie? Um, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say no, because in my mind, what sets up a Christmas movie is having it take place in or around Christmas time. And I don't think this is in or around it. So I'm gonna have to say no. Yeah. Well, you know, Bruce Willis says that, uh, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. 
No, it is. It is. Oh, He's yeah. wrong. It is. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, Lethal Weapon, the first one, is a Christmas movie. Yep. Um, well, the second Die Hard is just a bad Christmas movie. Oh, I mean, yeah. I forgot it took place at Christmas time. Yeah, at an airport. At an airport, yes. Same story, different, different, just, different location. Yeah, it really was like, oh, no. But yet they, they still managed to get um, Reginald Four Val Johnson. Reginald Val Johnson was back to play a, a cop again. Again. You know, I, I will hand it to him. He's great at playing cops. Hey, you guys stick with what you what you know. Right? He was actually a cop in Ghostbusters. <gasps> yeah. He he was the uh, when the when the Ghostbusters were in were arrested, he was a cop. All right, Ghostbusters. The mayor wants to see you. The whole island going crazy. Yep, that's the thing. He pops up all over the place. He's had a really great career, Reginald Val Johnson. I mean, the last thing I just heard him doing, which I can't say saw, because it was voice work on season two of Invincible. Okay. Because the high school that they were attending in season one was right. Reginald Val Johnson High School. Oh, he has to make a cameo then. I mean, the school is named. Oh, he was afterwards. the principal. There you go. <laughs> I was almost expecting him to be like a school security guard. Or Seriously, a cop. That, that would have been perfect if he was, if he was the security guard. That would that would have been the icing on the cake. Yeah. So See, that actually, was... scary. no, no, no. They don't like to be called security guards. They're safety agents. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I know. Seriously, we're gonna fight over I, the I, semantics of security guard I, and security. I agent. made a mistake one time, and I called one of them a security guard, and like, no, we're safety agents. And I was like, you keep telling yourself that, okay. there, Skippy. Do you carry a gun? If you carry a gun, you're a guard, not an agent. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, they should carry guns. I mean, most of the kids in school carry guns anyway, so. <laughs> Which is just just to make it fair. Yeah, but it's really sad that it's gotten to that point. You know. Oh, don't 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 get me started. Yeah. Don't get I me mean, started. I I I remember when it was like all you really had to worry about was when the fire drill what was happening. Yep. Now it's like okay, we're gonna go and we're gonna basically re remodel everything. So we're gonna do our nuclear drills and lock it. We don't mean the classrooms. No, we don't even do that. We do uh, lockdown. We do hard and soft lockdowns. Oh, God. We oh. do shelter in place. We do the fire drills. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. So when do these kids actually have time for class and learning things? I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. I mean, we live in a very screwed up world. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yeah. And... Speaking of living in a screwed up world, you came up with a great idea for this episode. <laughs> yes, so, well, thank you, you for calling it great. I'm surprised you actually enjoyed it. It, it. it it really made me think, but it was also very difficult to come up with it, movies for it this. It was, but, but I, I put the question out on Facebook land, and I've actually gotten some responses. So oh, yeah. The Facebook once we get in, have. Yep, okay, so. But tell everybody what the question is first, though. Okay, the question is... Movies that could only work in the 80s, whether it be just like the plot of the film or people going to see it and saying, OK, yeah, let's go see this. This looks interesting. Something that can only happen in the 80s. Yep. Okay, now, plot wise, first movie that comes to my mind, 
Iron Eagle, starring <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr. Okay. Okay. Premise of the film. Um, army brat. They live on an army base. The uh, army brat's father uh, flies for the Air Force, gets shot down in the middle over the Middle East, taken prisoner, and, you know, will be tried, giving a, a fair trial, then convicted and hanged. The oldest son hears this, gets all pissed off, enlists the help of retired Air Force Colonel Louis Agassiz Jr., <laughs> a.k.a. AKA Chappie Sinclair. That was his name in the film, Chappie Sinclair. The two of them come up with a plan to steal two F-16 Falcon fighter jets and basically start a two-man war against the Middle East to get the person's father back. Now, you tell me, could that have worked in any other time but the 80s? Yeah, no, I can't really picture that like taking place anywhere outside of the 80s. It is uh, it, it started in with, an 80s bubble. Right. I mean, okay, let, let's take the, the basic plot. Army Brat's father gets shot down. Yep. Okay. You could do good, something with that. Good bones. Let, let, let's, let's work on it. And then, you know, the oldest son steals two F-16 fighter jets with the help of his friends. And then the friends, they get them satellite photos, recon, they get them, you know, troop movement. How are these high school kids? Because they were high school kids. How do they get their hands on that much intelligence? And is our, at, at the time, was our government and our military that lax that a bunch of high school students can get that type of intelligence? And as I'm nodding my head, yes. Yeah. It could only be in the 80s. Only That's in the 80s. See, I I was thinking more along lines of movies that it's like, you know, it's it could only have been made in the 80s because no one would make this movie today. They oh, yeah, no, they, I mean, that that's part of it, too. Yeah. Only movie that could have been made in the 80s. Yeah. But again, when you watched it, you're like, OK, let's go. Let's let's see it. That, that sounds you know, plausible. Yeah, let's fuck. Let's go. I've got one that's implausible for the 80s. But okay. it's still made in the 80s and could never, ever be made today. Okay. The Toy. Oh, God. That's right. Was that the 80s, though, or was that late 70s? It was the early, early 80s. Okay. The Toy starring Richard Mr. Pryor. Jack. Not, not Mr. Jackie Gleason. Gotta go first. No, Mr. No, Jackie no. Gleason. It was a Richard Pryor movie. So Yes, but. Okay, fine. Richard Pryor, Mr. Jackie Gleason. Yep. And uh, that kid who ended up doing porno. <laughs> Listen, you couldn't make this... Like, there's no way to do that nowadays. I mean, a rich southern millionaire that owns a store gets to see his son and his tells his son he can get whatever he wants in the store after they hire a black man and he sees him playing with the toys in the store the kid and says, what was the toy wonder wheel yeah the wonder wheel he's like 
I want to. I want that. They thought he wanted the Wonder Wheel. No. Wonder Wheel. No, he, he wanted the Black the Man. The Black Man. When in hell could you think you could get away with basically renting a Black Man for no, your not child? even renting. He bought bought a Black Man. Oh no, he was rented because it was only for a limited amount of time because the son was only there for what like. The holidays oh, yeah. or something. <laughs> something like that. But I remember they, they had one scene when Jackie Gleason found out what his son bought. He Jackie Gleason was talking to like the woman who's supposed to be his wife. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> My son bought a black man from the store. And she goes, I didn't think we sell those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean, what in the holy fuck? Yeah, what drugs were they on? And we, and we got an idea with Richard Pryor, but for everyone oh, else, everything, everything, yeah, because to come up with this concept now, granted, it's a touching story about this kid it learning is. like how to be a kid and like it's him trying to get his dad's attention. Right. But at the same time, you're trying to buy a black man. You're buying a black you're man. Not, not even just buying a black man. You're trying to buy another human being. Cheap, too. Yeah. I don't think he was that expensive. Yeah, it really. I remember watching that film and thinking, "I want all those toys that the guy had in his room." Not, not, not Richard Pryor. Yeah, I'm not into slavery, but all the toys that the kid had, I'm yeah. like, I want those. The toys looked so much like so fun. Like you it's would like have the, a blast uh, with all of them. And yes, then it's, it's like, like, like the train from Silver Spoons. What did I want that train that they rode around on? Oh yeah, well, I could definitely see you having a a train like in Silver Spoons riding around your house. Like that, yeah. I can picture. I'm a train guy. What can I say? I know, but it's one of those things where it's like I can picture that, and I think you you would have so much fun because you'd have like the little conductor's hat. But just the concept of buying—I have one of those somewhere, yeah, actually. Yeah, I know you do. Somewhere, but buying a but buying another human being to occupy your child—it's like talk about neglectful parenting. Yeah. Along with basically slavery, it mm -hmm. went above and beyond where there's no way in hell you could make that movie today because you can't even justify it. What do you? You can't even joke about it. Yeah, it, my 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 buddy and I we were watching it like I think earlier this year at the beginning of the year because it was on when it was still HBO Max. They had it yeah, on Yeah, now it's just Max. Yeah, and it was there, and we're watching it, and it was like, oh, my God. I mean, I will say great cast, but still, there's no way you could make something that offensive today. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would have lost their shit. Oh, the, it, it, it would have been canceled before it even... Before the story ink on the storyboards were dry, they would have canceled it just what by seeing the script. Yeah, it, it, it's like nope, we're not greenlighting this project. Now, another film that can only take place in the eighties. Yep. What you got? Weird science. Oh yeah, absolutely. The only time you get away with science. That. Where basically, Although, instead of buying a person, they made these one. two geniuses, they, they create their own female. They they made a female genie, basically. 
Basically. Which the funny thing is, we say it could have only really been made in the 80s, but yet they made it into a TV series in the 90s. Yeah, but you figure it was still riding high from the 80s, so that, that's why they did yeah, it. But it, it, still... it can only have been made in the 80s. Yeah. Although I will say, I love the casting for the movie, mm-hmm. but I also love the casting for the series. Yes. I yes, mean, let's I face concur. it, you got young Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. Yes, and a young Bill Paxson who got turned into some kind of like frog slug monster at the end. Yeah, but the fact that it was a young Robert Downey Jr. still gets me every mm-hmm. single time. Especially because it's like him playing a bully. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was playing the bully. Yes, he was. Yep. I was thinking back to school. Yeah. I'm thinking back and to school. And then also, I mean, bringing in all the biker gangs and stuff from like a Mad Max setting. Yep. And they oh, and that, that guy. Uh, from, Vernon Wells. Um, Vernon Wells. Yep. 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 It's like that, yeah, what, what that to got? me was just brilliant. Yes. But it only would have worked in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now they probably, if you make that movie now, people would be like, no, you can't do that only because the science isn't real enough. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll never have that. Like, like, how do they do it? Two guys and they took a Barbie doll. Yeah. I, I, have, we- a, I have a buddy that I met in college, my second go around, not the first, because, you know, I went back after graduating. I don't know why I, I I still question why I did that, but I will say I made, some, I made some good friends at that point, and one you of them friends? he could not stand bad science in movies. If you put him in front of like a Disney movie, he is so confused, and the look of befuddlement on his face was absolutely this? priceless. Who is he? My friend Sean. Okay. You don't know, don't but know. oh my god. Know. Like seeing the look on his face as he's trying to like work out magic. It's like watching him with the movie The Core of them drilling into the center of the earth. It he's like the science just you could see like the wheels turning in his brain like that that that, that can't work. No, how the you could see like the blue screen of death popping up. In his own <laughs> brain. Like his eyes would glaze over blue. Like you got to hit the reset button. There's no way. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah. So what, what, what's enough now? You know, I, 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 yeah. I just did weird science. Yeah, You're Weird up. science though. I'm like, I'm trying to think though. Cause it's really tough. And the, the one that I came up with kind of falls in kind of a similar vein. Cause it's revenge of the nerds. Okay. You could not make Great that. movie. You could not make that nowadays. You, you'll offend too many people. Oh, not, even, not even just offending people, but the sneaking around at the amusement park. Yes. And our hero, Lewis, switching masks and basically sexually assaulting and taking advantage of the cheerleader. Yes. And it's like, he violated her. She thought she, he was, she was sleeping with somebody else. And it's like, you didn't realize until it was too late. It's yep. like, really? That will send everyone's brains into an explosion. 
but also the pure stereotypes uh, alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say, I, I still to this day love the musical performance at, like, the carnival. Are you? Oh, that movie. Yeah, yeah my, the microphone is falling apart. <laughs> yeah, but no, it really was, like, the musical performance from the Lambda Lambda Lambdas and the Omega Moos, I think someone would really flip out just on the sorority alone being the Omega Moos. Yeah. <laughs> Although Danny did meet uh, Ogre, I think last year, the now year let, before. Let's be, let's be clear about this. Our buddy Danny... Palubni, not, not me. Not him. He met Ogre, and he I was really like... I really want to meet him. He said he was like the most chillest guy ever, and Danny's brother, Jason, really wanted to be there. But, um, I don't know, he couldn't for some reason. So, he was like, you know, can you do me a favor? My brother really wanted to be here, blah, 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 blah. Can you, you know, either he left him a voicemail or he did a, um... Like a video for him. Yeah, but he was like, Jason, you're a nerd! <laughs> and he kept going. Like, and whenever he would like, you'd see them, or whenever he'd be like walking around the uh, the the, uh, the the floor, he would just randomly screaming out, nerds! Yeah. Yeah, he really is like one of the coolest guys. Like, it was such a great character. And then seeing him pop up in other movies... As like a biker and everything. What was it? Blood. Okay, USA. Yeah, there was that, and then you had um, then him popping up in what was it? The, I think it was like the first or second season of Step by Step. Yep. As like a biker, but like so highly intelligent. It re like they really had like some great casting. Spe Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, what was it? You had true great casting but so stereotypical oh yeah the gay black guy come on now oh which funny because lamar was one of the cobra kai students yes he was so yes he, he, was, he was the original one of the original cobra kai guys yep. yep so he was there and i mean let's face it ted mcgintley who goes on mr scream yeah <laughs> but he then ends up being on married with children yep as Jefferson Darcy. It's like Jefferson Darcy. The fact I that, actually watched last what? night and I forgot he was in it. I watched uh Pearl Harbor again. Oh yeah. Because it was on. And I just forgot how many like people like had cameos in that movie. Oh, Ted yeah. McGillin McGinley was in it. Um Dan Aykroyd was in it. Uh what's his name? Um Oh fuck, he was a natural bone killer, just passed away recently. Um oh. Tom Sizemore was yeah. in it. You know, just how many people had cameos. Oh, yeah. It was one of those movies where it's like it was so jam-packed with mm -hmm. talent. And, I mean, seeing young talent is always great, but when they come back for something else, it's, yep. you forget. And you're like, wow. So what do, what do you've got? Because we also have to go through the list of everything that people went and did yeah. on the replies for, for Facebook after R3. All right, I'm going to do one more. Yep. Only can get away with it in the 80s. 
your favorite film and mine from Mr. George Lucas. Yes, don't roll the eyes. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, God, no. Don't do it. Yes, I am. Don't you got it. it. Don't do it. Howard the Duck. Uh, Only in the 80s can you get an anamorphic Steven Spielberg. Duck. I thought it was uh, Luke. Lucas wrote it, didn't he? No, I believe it was Spielberg. I have to disagree with you on that one. Let me look it up real quick. Oh, I am 99% sure. Yeah. It was George Lucas. Yeah, uh, the two of them Lucas. worked together on so much stuff, though, especially yeah. back then. I mean, let's face it, though. Great cast for Howard the Duck. Leah Thompson alone was the main reason to see that movie. Yes. So as Mike is scanning to figure out, was it Lucas or Spielberg? The funny thing is... Uh, it, it, I'm, I want to say Lucas. Here we go. I believe it's yep, Spielberg. Okay. The the film was produced by Gloria Katz, written by Hayek and Katz, with George Lucas as executive producer. Okay. Yep. Who is the director? Uh, do, 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 Willard Hayek, H U Y C K Hayek. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna assume that was his last movie. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Without, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna without, this without guy, more but... of that movie performed, I would. It own. actually, it actually made money from what it, it was. It made like thirty-eight million. It didn't make a lot of money. It's funny. It was made I, for like thirty-five million, but it made thirty-eight. But so that costume, you could say it was a that costume yeah. alone for Howard looked like it ate up the bulk of their budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, okay, after Howard the Duck, uh, the producer, uh, the director took a break. <laughs> he didn't make another film until uh, 1994, <laughs> Radioland Murders. Yeah, I guess he really needed a break. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Okay. All right, so now. Yeah, now, for me, though, I got to say, like, I did enjoy Howard the Duck. How, it was a great film. It was also, funny as hell. I also didn't realize it was a cart. It was based off of a comic book. I honestly, I thought the comic book came after. No, the comic book was first. I didn't know, and it's he's a Marvel character. So yeah, he is it, a Marvel character. So I was like, I honestly did not realize, and I was like, oh my god. But but not for nothing. You look at the way Howard Duck looked in his standalone film. Yep. And then you look at the way Howard Duck was in the cuts, in the uh, end credit scenes of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he was also in the background he, for some of the, yeah, the but, regular. Come on, he looks so much better in his 80s persona than he did here. He looked horrible. Yeah, it, I think there's, there's something to be said about the practical effects. And I think we've lost a lot when it comes to practical effects because people just don't want to do it they don't want to do it they cheese out and use cg a little bit too much oh without a doubt i'd rather see a practical effect than a special effect yeah there's some it's like going back and looking at the original jurassic park you know you know that there were the special effects but having the miniatures i mean the raptors the raptors walking around were actual people in suits yeah for the later ones not the original no for the original in the original the raptors in the kitchen those were actual people in like the costumes. 
Oh, for when you said suits, I, I automatically thought uh, motion capture suits. No, no, no. This was like, you know, them walking around the kitchen yeah, okay. with the practical effects. You know, it was like Alien where they used dancers to yep. be in the Alien costume. Yep. For the Xenomorph. Same deal with uh, Predator. Yep. The guy, Kevin Peter Hall, or Hall Peter, was he was he was trained as a dancer. Yeah, I almost thought you were about to say Kevin Nash. But then again, that no, was Super Shredder. Kevin Peter Hall. Super Shredder. <laughs> yeah, now... Okay. For me, so, my, so, my third for, like, these movies from the 80s that just could not be made, and, like, because they only stand, like, in the 80s, you know, I have to say it, but it's RoboCop. That's funny, because that's actually on the list. Yeah, but RoboCop... One of the people said RoboCop. Because, I mean, they tried remaking it. But it wasn't horrible, but it was so encapsulated in the idea of the 80s where it's like we're going to take a cop after he gets killed, turn him into a a cyborg, basically, and he's going to go out there and fight crime in Detroit, which is supposedly so crime ridden. Isn't it, though? I don't know. I, I actually have never been to Detroit. If we have any listeners from Detroit, please reach out and email us and let us know if Detroit's crime problem is as bad as it was portrayed back in the 80s. And you can email us at dragoonslairpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslairpodcast, all one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslairpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails and let us know because we want to know. And also... Send us your movies that you feel were in the 80s, could not be remade because they fall in that bubble where it wouldn't make yeah. any sense outside of the 80s. Yeah, where it would be slammed and just picked apart instead of just sitting back saying, hey, this is a fun film. Yep. Okay, so let's start off with Mr. Gregory Palms. Greg, love you, buddy. You put a bunch of stuff up here. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. What did, what did one, Greg give one, us? Greg gave us... Uh, he goes, ooh, there's a lot. <laughs> Videodrome. Oh, my God, yeah. That... Never, I it, can't say yes or no. It, it It's it's such a fucking head trip. It, there's no way around it. It's... You know, I'm not bleeping any of, any of my cursing out because it's my show. I don't okay. care. But, like yeah, no. The Videodrome is like... It really is just like, oh, my God, like... There, there's no way it it would okay. only exist in the 80s it it's so hard for me to even describe the movie it's something you what? have to see on your own i believe it's like a john carpenter movie i think he put a lot of carpenter up here yeah carpenter was ahead of his time so most of his movies could only really take place in the 80s okay just a synopsis of videodrome as the president of a trashy tv channel max wren james woods of course. Is desperate for new programming to attract viewers when he happens upon Videodrome. A TV show de- dedicated to gratuitous torture and punishment. Max sees a potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. However, his girlfriend, Deborah Harry, auditions for the show and never returns. Max investigates truths behind Videodrome and discovers that the graphic violence may not be as fake as everyone thought. Yes, it can only happen in the 80s. Yep. Yeah, that's like Death Wish. 
those were synonymous with the 80s or oh yeah like 70 i think it was even in the 70s faces of death yep those were all those, another those, one yeah now what, another what one that greg you? gave us he gave us gremlins fun film could see it happening in the 80s today i think it would have i don't think it would have its appeal because like you said i think it would be too heavy on the cg and not the practical yeah the the gremlins movie was very practical effects i mean the i consider gremlins a christmas movie okay because i mean let's face it that you've got the gremlins like tearing apart a town but it's happening during christmas you see like so, the christmas tree spinning around in the bar and everything the bar scene alone is like a it it's a nightmare for a cheers fan yes another one that greg gave us was uh fright night the original fright night yeah uh i'm gonna have to say i dis. i gotta disagree with that one though me also, because I think that one can just fit in like any any time being like a cheesy horror film. And I think the remake actually was a little bit better. I can't say the cast... Uh, parts of it. Yeah. Parts I mean, of it was better. I mean, when you put David Tennant in anything, it's pretty much just elevated. And yeah. That's my opinion. Uh, he also gave us Creepshow, which, again... Uh, if you want to go cheesy horror, yeah, it could survive in the eighties, but I, I think something like that could be hap- could could fit in like kind of anywhere. It kind of can, but at the same time, it also can't. I kind of have to agree with Creepshow because if you notice, like the vignette stuff doesn't really yeah. do well nowadays. And mm, true because it's like that was all like different stories. You don't see that as a trope anymore with movies where it's not like we're going to tell you a bunch of stories in one movie. Right. They, they did it with, um, boys from the, uh, tales from the hood. Tales from the, the uh, hood. Uh, uh, tales, tales from the hood. They did it with tales from the dark side. Tales from the, they did it with, um, Oh, didn't he also do it with Bordello of blood? No, Bordello of blood was, a. Uh, straight through one movie. Okay, I thought that was vignettes no, also. Very similar cuz it was like I think like Tales from the Crypt style. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a Tales from the Crypt film. But Tales so. from the Crypt even as a series was one episode each. So it yeah. wasn't like, oh, we're going to tell a bunch of different ones. You right. know, Creep Show really was like, here's the comic book, we're going to keep turning the pages and like here's a different comic in there. So those anthologies of being in one movie with different stories, it doesn't do well. And they proved it by trying to make movie 43, which is considered to be one of the worst movies, even though I kind of enjoy it. But I enjoy it because it's so ridiculous. That's it. And the fact Um, that you got Hugh Jackman with balls on his chin. Like he literally has a ball sack on his chin. It's, I don't know what to tell you. He needed the money. Think of Wolverine with balls on his chin. <laughs> Mr. Jackman, if you like to come on and try to defend yourself for taking that role, we would love to have you on. I know you're busy shooting Deadpool 3, but Mr. Jackman, if you want to take five, ten minutes, not even ten seconds or whatever, come on the show. We'd love to have you. And well, you can explain why you decided to put balls on your chin. 
Or if you'd like to send us a video, you can send it to our email, dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. All one word, Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a short video, and we we would love to see what you have to say and react to it as well. Yes, please, Mr. Jackman. We're we're not joking. We're serious. Yeah, if you can just take five minutes out of your busy schedule to send us. Yes. Just, like, you don't even have to deal with us directly. Just send us. Please. Just send us a quick little video. Uh, another one Greg had on here was The Lost Boys. Um, no, the I a- think that falls into... The a- that can fall into an anywhere category. But it's the aesthetic. And in all honesty, okay. when you actually think about it, they've done newer versions of The Lost Boys where they've done the sequels and they've been lackluster to say the least. But yeah. I have to say, let's face it, it, certain movies could only take place because of the fact that there were no cell phones. If there was yes, a cell phone, it's like, really? You you can't do it. Um, Greg put up Howard the Duck. We already touched on Howard. Yep. Uh, and the last one on Greg's list... Beetlejuice. Um, I don't know. I'm a little iffy on that one since we are getting a sequel. Yeah. I mean, the first one was good. I think it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. But, um, Good Bones, I think it could have taken place at any time. Doesn't fit into that 80s niche, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, next up. Your okay. friend and mine. Are you ready for this one? Oh, who is it? Dan Siri. Okay, what what did Mr. Siri have to give us? He actually posted twice. That sounds like him. First first one is with a mic drop. <laughs> he put down, and I, I agree with him on this one. Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Amazing film. Amazing cast. Everybody can relax. Jack Burton is here. And it can only work in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. You know, all the talk of trying to redo it or like do a no. sequel today. It No. Because it subverted the genre of like yep. action and like martial arts action movies. Because... You're, you see Kurt Russell and you're thinking Kurt Russell's the hero. He's the no, sidekick. No, he's not. He's a sidekick, and which is just, awesome. Yeah. But he's so delusional that he thinks he's the hero. He thinks he's the hero, which is oh, <laughs> makes it oh, instant classic a hundred times better. Oh, absolutely. Now, Mr. Siri dropped about one, two, <laughs> three, four, <laughs> five, six, eight. More films. I guess this was to make well, up for him not notifying us that he was getting married. Um, probably. So, like you said, first up on his second list is RoboCop. Okay. We touched on it. We don't need to go back to it. Next up, Commando, which I agree. The 80s made Schwarzenegger's career because he made the same film over and over and over and over again. Yep. And he's playing the same cat, with the exception of the Terminator, the first one. He's playing the same character. Yep. Okay. So yeah, 
Then he has <clears throat> every John Hughes film. <laughs> yeah, that which they yeah. are. Weird Science falls into that, so yeah, we've already yes. touched on that one. But yeah, The Breakfast Club, really, mm-hmm. outside of the 80s, what group of kids is going to show up for a Saturday detention? Yes, on their own. Yeah. Yes. I mean, granted, their parents dropped them off, but they turn around and leave. Yeah. If yeah, they were no, already yeah. getting in trouble, why would you stick around? It's like, nah, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, here's one that I agree can only happen in the 80s. Night of the Comet. Oh my god, I love that movie. The only person I really remember in it, I think her name is Mary Stewart Catherine from Weekend at Bernie's. She played. She was in the first Weekend at Bernie's. She played yep. like the, uh, the love the, interest. She was the main girl for this one, and then it was like her and I forget the actress's name, but the one that played is her sister. Uh, I actually remember the guy who played Chakotay in it from really? Star Trek Voyager. Okay. He was in it. He was like Mary Stewart Catherine's. I don't. Know, I wouldn't say boyfriend, but he was like the other guy. Uh, he was the guy that shows he was up a good and guy. becomes the love interest. Yeah, he becomes the after, love interest. Like shit goes to hell. Yeah, literally. And for those of you who don't know, Night of the Comet is basically a ap- apocalyptic film where a comet crosses the Earth's atmosphere, wipes out. Everybody. They all turn to hand. dust. They unless they were protected for... by a lead room. Yeah, so you figure oh. it's the 80s. Everybody has a lead room. Why? Because it's the 80s. Because well, everything had lead paint in it. That is true. That is true. But if there was uh, if there was any kind of ventilation, you slowly succumb to the radiation yes. of the comet and turned into some kind of weird, like, mutant. Mutant zombie thing. Yeah. Then he has uh, Repo Man. Not oh, the one with my. Forrest Redeker. The original one with Emilio Estevez. Yep. What was that? Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen, if I'm not mistaken? I think it was both. No, that, no that was uh, Men at Work. Okay. And then they did another one after that. Yeah. You know, when, um, you, then when, he has, when you get them together, it's still. Yeah, it's a blur. Yeah. <laughs> then he has... <clears throat> Buckaroo Banzai across the fifth dimension. Oh my god. That's a great film. But it's but again, it can only oh absolutely. it can only happen in the eighties. There is no <laughs> way to get away with doing Buckaroo Banzai later on. And I have a question for you, Danny. Okay. What's with that watermelon? Huh? What's with that watermelon? <laughs> What's that watermelon doing there? I'll tell you later. Um then he had I mean this one. Yes, in the 80s, but you have to figure with his fan base, it could work anywhere. UHF. No, UHF could only exist in the 80s because by the 90s, I don't think anyone was really, everyone was switching over to cable. So the UHF channels kind of seemed to like disappear. You didn't really see too many of them on unless you had an older TV. Okay. And then rounding out Mr. Series' list, he has Labyrinth. With a very young, very hot Jennifer Connelly. And David Bowie. You know what, though? I still think Jennifer Connelly looks amazing. So. Oh, yeah, she does. But like, um, I, I, think, I think Labyrinth is one of those films that could... Because it takes place in... 
like a different time, a different universe, if you were. I think that's one of those films that can be placed. You could do it now. You could. And it'll work. You could, but at the same story wise, story wise, but you know what made that film was Jim Henson's Creature Shop, yeah. and all the practical effects. I'm talking story wise, yeah. It could happen now, which is what I was about to say. It's like the problem would be if you made it today, everything would be CG. Oh yeah, and it wouldn't work. The pra- with without practical effects and actually having the puppets and like the creepy yeah. wall. Of hands. With the hands, yes. I'm like, lucky hands. They, like, you really can't they make all that over movie. Her. They were, they groped Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Speaking of groping, remember the scene in uh, Ghostbusters, the first one, where uh, the hands come out of the, the chair. sofa and the chair? Yep. One of them, if you noticed, grabs the corny weaver's tit. And the guy who did it, because they couldn't see where they were because they were under the chair. Yeah. He like he grabbed it, and then he was like, she was saying like he realized like holy shit, I have a handful of Scorny Weaver. So then you know he he the the uh, the guy who his hand was in there after they called the cut, he was like, I'm so sorry, I couldn't see where my hand was. He goes, if you want, I will tell them to reshoot that scene. And she's like, no, forget it, don't worry about it, it's it's all good. So sometimes lucky mistakes. Yeah. Now we move on to. Mr. Matt Galise, who is a buddy of mine. I did some shows with him. Uh, he only has two, but they are good ones. First one being Flash Gordon. Yeah, because no other band could do the soundtrack. Not at all. And he didn't, they didn't even just do the soundtrack. They did the score. Yeah. They was, did every yeah. stitch of music on that film came from Queen. Exactly. And I still keep that that soundtrack in the rotation on my iPod. Oh, it's on my car. So, yeah, I, I, I have to take out some of the songs, though, because they're just the melodies. But for the mm-hmm. most part, it's like, oh, yeah. I think the Flash Gordon soundtrack was actually the second CD I ever bought. Nice. And Matt also has up here. You're going to laugh at this one. What's this one? Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Oh my God, I don't even know that one. Really? Yep, I do not I, know that I remember one. seeing this film. It has Fred Ward and Kate Mulgrew. Oh God. Hang on, let me, let me pull it up. Give you guys the... Uh, Synopsis? Yeah. Came out in 1985. Overview. Here we go. A New York cop wakes up from a mysterious accident with a new identity. He finds himself in the employment of a secret unit which has set which was set up to investigate a dangerous industrialist whose organization has secured several government arm, armament contracts, including a top secret strategic defense system. Because in the 80s, everybody was trying to blow everybody else up. You have Fred Ward as Remo Williams, Joel Gray as Cheung, Wilford Brimley. He's in it as Harold Smith. Kate Mulgrew is in it. Patrick Kilpatrick. If your last name is Kilpatrick, why would you name your child Patrick? <laughs> Seriously, Patrick Kilpatrick. Why would you do that to your child? Uh, that's just throwing it out there. Um, oh, 
This is another film starring Mr. Reginald Van Johnson. He was he was the ambulance driver in this film. So he wasn't a cop. He he wasn't a cop, but oh. he was a civil servant EMT. Oh. Okay. Um. Anybody else we would know? Marv Albert. He's in it. Don't know. Sports guy. Yeah, I'm not a sports uh, guy. Yeah, but you know the voice if you hear him. Holy shit! Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. Oh my god. Yep, that's about it. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh wait a minute. What? What? What do you get? What'd you find? What'd you find? Okay. You can't give me a reaction and not tell us. Hang on, hang on. No, no, yeah, hang this on. guy. This guy. Wow. If he played who I think he played, there's absolutely no way this guy can get away with doing it now. Mr. Joel Gray, he played in the film. I believe he played Fred Ward's Asian instructor, and he's uh, not Asian. There's no <laughs> way you can get there. If, if this is who I think it is, I haven't seen the movie in years, because the guy's name is like Cheung. If he's who I think he is, oh. there's no way in hell it'll be able to fly now. <laughs> So, Matt, wow, thank you, buddy. Ah, shit. I just lost it. So, thank you, buddy. Matt, that was that was a great one. And uh, our buddy, Danny Polubny, rounding out the list. He put this one up here. And when I saw it the first time, I'm like, yeah. Can only happen in the 80s. And what is it? It is Soul Man. Is that the one? Yes, it is where C. Thomas Howell becomes a black guy. Oh, God, no. Just no. See, if you guys remember Tropic Thunder. When Robert Danny Jr.'s character became a black guy to portray a black guy in the film. At least in that context, he was doing it to Yeah, make make He was make a being movie. a method actor and he, he was being a far. method actor, but in oh god, we have to find a picture of C. Thomas Howell with an afro. In blackface. And if we can find this picture, you can find I, it. I'm looking at it right now. Yes, but I'm I'll, saying. I will post it. For us to share this, you can, you'll can you be able to find it on either or both the Dragoon's Lair podcast, Facebook, or Instagram page. So make sure you guys you'll sign find up to both, those. You'll find both there. Yes. Yeah. Sign up for both. Holy. I, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember like the, the catchphrase that he had. He goes, it's the year Cosby, man. Oh my. Let's let's just go through. Yeah, that didn't that does that did, definitely didn't age well. No, no. Let let's go through the the cast. Playing oh. your lead black man, C. Thomas Howell. You <laughs> can't get more white than C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> then you have Ray Dong Chong. Oh, who you doesn't love Mr. Ray Dong Chong? That is true. Then you have Mister Darkside himself, James Earl Jones. Okay. You have Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Okay. You have MC Ganey. You have, oh, 
Max Wright, which was Willie from Elf. Okay. Uh, anybody else we would know? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? What the? F- no. No. Uh, well, well, we have one guy. His oh. name is Ron Reagan. Ronald Reagan? Not the president. No, Ron Reagan, not the president. Oh, it's God. Ron Reagan. Uh, no. 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 Uh, no. Okay, so now let's just, just get the overview here. Hey, vey. In order to win a scholarship, Mark Watson, see Thomas Howell, oh. the white son of an affluent psychiatrist, pretends to be black on his application form. When he's accepted, he alters his hair, skin, and speech to conceal his true identity. At first, Mark believes that going through law school as a minority will be a breeze, but he soon (laughs) begins to experience racism. Eventually, Mark falls in love with Sarah Walker, that's Ray Dong Chong, a black student, and begins to feel guilty about his ruse. Sarah Walker. It's only after... He started dating a black girl that he felt bad about this. Everything else up until then was fine. I have I have to wonder now, because her name is Sarah Walker, it makes me yes. wonder if the if the creator of this movie basically was one was a fan or or someone was a fan and used that for the show Chuck. Could be. Because Could be. Yvonne Strip I'm gonna butcher your last name and I am completely sorry about this. Stravinsky, I believe. She went, her character on Chuck was Sarah Walker. Which, yes. Okay, wa- it could be. And I've been watching Chuck again on Max because, frankly, I love that show. It's just so fun. And if we can get a movie, please get Zachary Levi <laughs> the rights so he can make this movie that he's been trying to do for quite some time. Okay, I am posting now the trailer for Soul Man oh, God. To, yeah, to the Dragoon's Lair Facebook page, which will probably get me banned. <laughs> if the page isn't there by next week, you'll know why. You'll uh, know why. <laughs> and this isn't us yeah. being offensive. This is us like... What the fuck? Get, this is the 80s, folks. Yeah, we this can, is why we don't get offended by things. Yeah. It's we're not offended, but we're we understand why you'd be offended by it. Now, I would like to give a few honorable mentions to some movies that could only have existed in the 80s. One of which Ghost Dad. With Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, yes, I remember that where he has an out of body experience and he comes back to the ghost. Yeah, he's pretty much like he's on the verge of death. And so he's a ghost. No, wanderer. actually, he was he was he was on life support. Yeah, so that's why I say verge of death. But it's Bill Cosby. It didn't age well, and no one would make that movie nowadays. No, I need my pudding. Yeah, yeah. J L O. Yeah, he he loved pudding. Pudding is dick oh, where it belong. Yeah. Uh, so now another honorable mention, or I should say dishonorable mention. The Garbage Pail Kids movie could I only never exist. Saw it. In, oh, you never saw it? No. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to have to show you this movie, and this is 
more for comedy than anything else because it's extremely bad. Oh, I, I've heard about it. But I, I've heard about it, but I've never saw it before. I own it on DVD. Of course you do. I think for a special episode of the Dragoon's Lair podcast, Mike and I are going to watch the Garbage Bell Kid movie. So Mike will see it cold, but you will only see our reactions. So you'll be able to watch along with us. How does that sound, Mike? You think you're down for an hour and a half of the Garbage Bell Kids movie? Actually, it's, uh, we'll I don't even see. think it's an hour and a half. We will see. Listen, it, I think that, that it deserves a special episode. Probably, but... Well, it'll get you out of the house. Um, <laughs> that is true. You know what? Maybe, maybe it'll be you, me, and Doug, and we watch the Garbage Bell Kid movie. <laughs> okay now, now here's a question for okay you. okay not only because it took place in the 80s do you think if let's just say back to the future okay, okay. back to the future could that have been made in any other time but the 80s do you think it would have worked if it was made today or 10 15 years ago it's interesting that you bring that up because I've been watching and there's a guy online who he was talking about this and I have not been able to get it out of my head and I wish I could give him the proper credit, but I didn't come up with this. So, but guy on the internet, I was, I was going through like reels and stuff and I see he's talking about if Back to the Future was made today where they would travel to the 80s. So the the eighties or the night into the nineties. Now, when you first go and you start, when Marty first gets back into the fifties, what song do you hear when he's walking around, Mister Sandman? Mister Sandman. Now, what song would be playing in the eighties when you do that? Enter, Enter Sandman. Sandman. So, yeah. I don't think you could do it outside of the 80s, mostly because you'd have to go back to the 50s to eliminate anybody's idea of technology being as advanced as it is now compared to then. But also, his mom tried to have sex with him. You're not going to get that. It's going to be really wrong. Well... I was in, reading about the that, and they the said, they said when um when they shopped it around, they shopped it to Disney, and Zemeckis and um Gail, they didn't even like realize that when Disney said we can't do this, we're Disney. You're making a movie about incest, and they're like, what are you talking about? And then they read it like, oh shit, we actually are. We didn't realize we put. Yeah, they said we didn't realize what we were doing. <laughs> they're like, holy shit, this is. Now you could under I can understand the concept of okay, the mom no discovers that it's like oh okay, this is a guy that she thinks is cute. She doesn't know it's going to be of her son eventually. Exactly. But but he but here's a question. He though. knows. He knows. And his only but idea of being able to get his dad to like win her over 
is he's going to be trying to force himself on her in the car. So you come over and you pull me out and you punch me. The sexual assault started with Biff, but she actually sexually assaulted her son. And if you think about it, what Biff was trying to do all throughout the movie, I guess in the 50s, murder was legal. Yeah, oh, he was constantly talking about murdering something. Yeah. But, uh... Shit, I just lost my chain of thought now. I forgot what I was going to say. Train's derailed? <laughs> Never the station is more like it. <laughs> I gotta find that conductor's hat. Bringing it full circle, folks. Bringing it full circle. <laughs> but, no, so, I mean, there are plenty of things that could only really take place in the 80s. And I can say... One of my all-time favorite horror franchises could have only taken place in the 80s, and they proved that with the remake. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. You could only do that in the 80s. Because, let's just be real, those parents all got away with murder. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, Freddy was a child murderer. You can understand why they'd be pissed. Pissed. But they set him on fire. And none of them went to jail. You know, you'd all nowadays, you'd all be the prime suspects for it because you took him to court. He got off on a technicality. And I highly doubt that um, one of the murderers would become a cop, (laughs) let alone a chief of police, because Nancy's father was one of the main cops. Yeah. But also, not for nothing, he was a child murderer in the 80s. When they redid it in the 2000s, he wasn't. He was, They took it to the point where you can't like the villain at this point. You could root for Freddy back in the 80s. I mean, let's face it. You even saw it in the movie The Wedding Singer, which was actually something that really did happen. Little kids were running around wearing Freddy masks and gloves. Mm -hmm. It was a top-selling Halloween costume, but they did trading cards, everything. Freddy was everywhere. You do that now, he's a child molester. Yeah, no. You cannot root for that. Everyone understands the need of a child being so obnoxious that you want to kill him. I mean, let's face it. We grew up in the 80s. What was one of our parents' favorite threats? I brought you into this world. I can take you out. I take you out. I take you out. Yep. And they're not talking about taking you out on a date, kids. They're talking about putting you back where you came from. The Perfect. afterlife, what? you numbnut. Not... That's not how... No, no, no. That's no, not I'm, what you said. I did not yes, shut up. Well, yeah, what you mean and what you said are two different things. Oh, oh, hell no. Don't even try that shit, you (laughs) dirty motherfucker. Me? (laughs) You're the one that brought it back to the future. but uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, not on that terms, you perverted putz. Hey, so I will say I've been spending some time with footage that was shot at Anime NYC. I'm working on putting together a little bit of a montage of what's going on. Unfortunately, pretty much now, unfortunately, um, there is some audio issues 
with an interview that I did with a cosplayer and adult entertainer, Abigail Morris, and I am very sorry. I'm trying to clean up the audio as best I can. We may have to forego the interview due to the audio quality being not up Shit. to... Yeah, we you, you can barely hear us because there's so much going on. But then again, location-wise, she wasn't too far... Like, her table and stuff was not too far from the military recruitment area. Oh, God. Yes. Well, then again, if you want to recruit the military, for the military, you put a hot chick next to you and you just hope they wander over. Yeah, but they were doing the pull-up challenge. Oh, God. So, you know, I, I give them credit, you know. They think uh, going to a convention is a good place to recruit, and maybe it is. I honestly don't know. I If somebody from the military could reach out and let us know, um, if this does help your recruitment numbers, I'd be curious to find out. I'm not plugging the email address for this one again. I just, I'm curious. So you can leave us in Spotify or iTunes as part of a review, or you can actually answer the question on Spotify of what you think of the show and you can leave it there. You know, scroll are we, down. Are we still on Pandora? Uh, is it available? I don't, I don't know, even know if it's still a thing. Pandora? Yeah. I still have it, so. Does, does it work? I listen to music on it, yeah. Okay. But does it play podcasts? I don't know. See? You're asking a question that I can't answer because I don't... I, I know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Those are our top places where you can find the Dragoon's Lair podcast. And if you want a video version, you can wait one week after and we post the video on the Blue Dragoon 13 YouTube channel. Can you hear me now? I could hear you the entire time. Okay, because the, the mic wire just fell out and I just realized that now. <laughs> well, you weren't really talking, so... Yeah, that's true. Uh, what were some of the other ones that you said? Spotify, Pandora, all the other ones? I said I'm tagging it on a, a, uh, Instagram now. Spotify. Mm-hmm. iHeartRadio. Apple Podcast. Okay. Amazon Podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, while he's typing... I can't type that fast. You do realize it takes the flow out of an, a podcast of us talking when you're trying to type. You could have done this after. Um... Okay, that's it. I got it. Thank you. Are you sure? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. okay. Now, I will say a, another honorable mention for the 80s, because I believe they both came out in the 80s, or at least I saw them in the 80s. Hercules starring Lou Ferrigno and Hercules 2 starring Lou Ferrigno. Isn't one of them take place in New York? No, no, that was Hercules, um, in, New Hercules in New York with Arnold Stang. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Wasn't Schwarzenegger? It's Schwarzenegger, but his acting name at the time was Stang. It's Stang! Arnold Stang, because they dubbed his audio. Yes, they did dub his audio. And they I all... don't know why you would dub my audio. I speak yeah, perfect uh, English. Yeah, they dubbed the audio for Lou Ferrigno, but, I mean, Lou Ferrigno is legally deaf. So, I guess... And he, have you met Lou Ferrigno? 
I've not met him personally, but I've seen him at conventions. I would love to see meet him at some point. I, I met him like one of the first Comic Cons that I went to, and he is hands down the nicest the guy, coolest. Oh, he is, dude. Long story short, me, my brother, and our friend Craig went to go Comic Con one year. Craig walked off and wherever his thing is. My brother has a bad back, so there was like a masseuse. So I Mercus. gave. Give him massages. A masseuse? Same difference. You knew what I was talking about. Anyway, I'm like, here, 20 bucks, go get a massage. So now I have his camera bag in my bag of swag. And I'm like, fuck it, I want to meet Lou Ferrigno. So, you know, I waited online, I walked up, I met Lou Ferrigno, shook his hand, took a picture, got an autograph, walked back with the bag of swag, but I didn't have the camera in it. I must have put it down when I took the picture. My brother came out and was like, where's my camera? I'm like, it's not in the bag. Oh, shit. Where did I leave this thing? And my brother's ready to kill me because this was like an expensive camera. Okay. I'm like, wait. I go, last place I had it, I met Lou Ferrigno. So I jumped back on the line. And I was going to wait in line until I got up again. I'm like, did I leave? Please tell me I left my camera here. But he saw me. Lou Ferrigno saw me online. And he leans over and he sees me and he motions for me. He's like, come here, come here, come here. And I run up. And I was like, dude, I go, did I? And he goes, yes, you did. And he handed me the camera back. And I'm like, Mr. Ferrigno, thank you very much. So, Mr. Ferrigno, thank you very much. You are one of the coolest cats I've ever met. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to meet Lou Ferrigno. I mean, he was like, I grew up watching the Incredible Hulk TV show. And the made-for-TV movies. And in all honesty, like, I didn't get into, like, working out in the gym until like later on as I got older, but going back and watching him and like pumping iron, mm-hmm. it's like, it's inspiring. Cause it's like, he really put in like this work to be up there on that top tier echelon of people who really put in the physical work to build his body to something that was, could be basically the incredible Hulk in live action. Yeah. And he he actually beat I think a couple of times Schwarzenegger in um like the Mr. Universe yeah, competition. I, I think they went back and forth a few times where it came very close. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it it was for a while it was Schwarzenegger and Ferrigno and then everybody else. Yep. And at the time, you could not have picked a better person to play the Incredible Hulk than Ferrigno. I mean, unless Schwarzenegger was around, but again. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ferrigno. No, I think Ferrigno had it. Yeah. I mean, even though Schwarzenegger I mean, even like the Hulk is supposed to be like his big towering creature. Yeah. I think if Schwarzenegger would have done it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But I, I think the way Ferrigno did it, it, it it everything just clicked. Yeah. But Lou Ferrigno's films of Hercules and Hercules Two Mm-hmm. It's literally the only movies that I have ever seen on back in the 80s. WPIX, when it was Channel 11. Channel they, 11. They used to, sh- in New York, they showed the movies on Saturday and Sunday. Everything would repeat. Yep. They did not repeat this one. They showed one and two back to back. And, and they're like, we're s- done. Oh, they got so many complaints that people were going to boycott the network. If they oh, went and they ever aired it again, and it has never since aired again. But I will say, fun, funny little side story, 
in college in a film class. We were doing a, like, one of the guys was filming something on the weekend, so we were all there, and we're, we're helping with the production, and one of the guys goes off, because we're, we're looking for stuff to do while, we're, while they're setting everything up. He goes to the video store and rents Hercules starring Lou Ferrigno, and we're watching it, and we're doing a Mystery Science Theater 3000. And it's I did that one time. And it's definitely a movie that you can do that oh, with. I, I mystery science theater at one time in a a film class that we were in. We were watching some like 1904 movie, <laughs> and it was like a silent. It was a silent film, but it like the the professor wanted to show us because they had like this one scene where you see like these Nazis marching up steps. And like, this is the this is great. This is what theater. This is what you know filmmaking is. And we're like. People walking up steps in knee-high boots. Right. So there was a scene where it was supposed to be a shooting star coming across the screen, but, you know, 19-whatever. It really didn't look good. So it looked like a sparkler on a string being pushed across the <laughs> camera lens. And we're in the back, and it was dark. And I go, Mayday, Mayday, Tinkerbell is going down. <laughs> Yeah, I I will say in a film class where they showed us it, Birth of a Nation. That's what it was. Birth of a Nation is was I don't it it was the Klan, so it wasn't um, Nazis. This was the Klan. But it, did it take place in Europe though? No. Okay, Took then place in wasn't America. It. Birth of a Nation though is like seeing the Klan being portrayed as heroes. Right. I could not stop laughing. I was literally dying because I'm like, the clan is riding in on horseback like if they're the heroes. <laughs> and I'm like, can you see with those hoods on? It was, I could not stop laughing at the movie. It was so terrible. It's a piece of history that we should never forget that nope. this crap is like well, really you're it's propaganda. You're trying to make the clan seem like they're the heroes. <laughs> the only thing worse to me was the uh foreign film that I saw how tasty was my little frenchman. It was about oh. cannibals. But French guy ends up in the area with a bunch of cannibals. There's a lot of nudity. I couldn't read the subtitles because there was a whang going past everywhere. <laughs> there was another whang. Uh, literally, I, if you look, so one of my friends sitting next to me is like, just try looking at the upper part of the screen. And I'm like, okay. I try to look at the upper part of the screen, and from the top of the screen coming down is a naked whang coming running across the screen. And I'm just like, this was a lot of whangs. <laughs> A lot of wang. Yes. And if you'd like to make fun of me for saying it, I don't care. But there was just a lot of wang. Wang. <laughs> it was wang. Wang. Yep. And it was it was very distracting and I could not look and read the subtitles because when it's he stared right, at the wang. It's right there. In your face, the wang. Pretty much in your face. On a screen that makes it look very larger than it actually was. 
And I'm like, no, I did not pay a class to sit in a class and see a porno. I would have paid for a class that would have shown me porno, but not that class. That was third world cinema. <laughs> With and, Wang. And then the, and the professor wondered why I left every time he wa- he started the movie. Because there were, he kept showing me a lot of movies with just Huangs everywhere. So, oh, well. well, we're going to wrap up this episode, which we've had a lot of fun. We've reminisced. I liked it. And oh. I'm actually kind of surprised that I gave you credit you for me... a good idea. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't give me shit. I think I, I think I've hit the max of how much shit I'm going to give you for the year. After the fact, the, only got what like three after, weeks left. Yeah, after the last episode, anyway, because it was dogpile on Mike. It was. It was dogpile on Mike day. And if you'd still like to use code Meh, it's no longer available. Sorry. That was. I'm gonna make shirts up or hats, at least hats that says Meh. Yeah, we need we need some ideas. So if anyone has any ideas of what kind of merchandise they would like to see from us, we and will. How we can get it done. We can, I can figure that out, but it's more a matter of what you'd like to see. Send us an email right. at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Dragoon is spelled with two O's, all one word, dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Now, you and, can also um, wait, send us a bunch of emails with any questions, comments, concerns, and if you'd like to find out about Mike's well-being, send us an email there. And um, Mr. Jackman, if you would like to uh, just drop us a little email or a video about you wearing balls on your chin, we would love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Now, Mike, Please do. And Mike, tell us how they can find your socials and get in touch with the Dragoon's Lair podcast. Uh, you can get me by smoke signal and or carrier pigeon. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me, Hamster Pellet Productions, on Facebook. You can find me, Mike Schiavo, on Close Enough Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at Hamster Pellet Productions. And I happen to run the Dragoon's Layer Podcast Instagram page. So you can get me there, too. Yep. And you also run the Facebook page. Yes, I do run the Facebook page. Yep. Mike is a very busy man. He, yeah. run, he runs a lot of different websites all at once. Well, more yes. like Facebook groups, but... Yeah. And you can find me on my socials, Blue Dragoon 13, on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitch. Twitch has a link to the Discord channel, and you can sign up there and join, be part of the community. Be one of our Dragoonies, as well as finding us on YouTube, because you can watch all of our episodes that we have video versions of on Blue Dragoon 13's YouTube channel. And all the latest episodes come out to a week after the audio on all of your podcasting platforms that you prefer. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, it's the holiday season, and I want to start off by t- saying Happy Hanukkah, because Hanukkah started early. So for Didn't our- it start last night? Yep. As, the, as of us recording this, it started the night before, so happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish audience. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, 
we record this so it comes out when the Sabbath is over, so you have something to listen to. To listen to. And um, we should be, I think for our next episode, though, I think we should just give them a little hint on what, I'm, what I've got planned. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get the Anime NYC footage together for something special there that we'll both be talking about. But I have an idea. Of we're going to talk about our favorite holiday movies. Okay. Because we're going to give our list of our favorite holiday movies to watch from Christmas to New Year's. Okay. Because it's only, what, a week apart? Yeah. Didn't it feel a lot longer when we were younger? Everything felt a lot longer when we were younger. Now it just seems like the only things that feel like they take forever is when it's time to leave work. Yeah, tell me about it. So, everyone, I'd like to thank you for spending your time with us. And, Mike, I'm going to turn this one over to you so you can send this out. Okay, uh, let me see. This is a big responsibility. Um, Let's see. As Daniel the Dragon would say, you do not have to go back to your house. You cannot remain here. Now, please, vacate the premises. Wow, that was a lot nicer than I would. Well, it is holiday time, and i got to stay on Santa's nice list. So. Oh, I'm on that naughty list already. Yeah, we know. Hey, Mrs. Claus comes by for me. <laughs> Later, everybody.